Support for WABE comes from the Community Foundation for Greater Atlanta. You can go beyond giving to impact. Learn more at cfgreateratlanta.org. I'm Erlon Woods. I'm Nigel Poor. We're the hosts and creators of Ear Hustle from PRX's Radiotopia. Ear Hustle is a show about life inside prison, but it's not your typical prison podcast. In this next season, we've got stories about the objects people keep inside their prison cells. About residents in a women's prison who say they want to stay there. And the most beautiful prison garden. Erlon, I will never forget it. Ear Hustle. Stories about life on the inside told by those who live it. Find Ear Hustle wherever you get your podcasts. From WABE in Atlanta, welcome to this Tuesday edition of Closer Look. I'm Rose Scott. Coming up in just a moment, a conversation with former Republican Georgia Congressman Lynn Westmoreland. I'm very disappointed that the group did what they did because I'd always been happy to say that MAGA protests or demonstrations or gatherings have never gotten to that point of being violent and that we were not going to, you know, break any windows or set any fires or, you know, have anybody get shot. So it was, it's really disappointing. It would be disappointing no matter who it was for that to happen at the United States Capitol. That conversation coming up in just a moment. But first, this Georgia Governor Brian Kemp is expected to give an update on the state's vaccine distribution plan today. His press conference is scheduled for 4 p.m. Now, this comes as the state of Georgia is moving into what they call phase 1A plus of COVID-19 vaccine administration. This means people ages 65 and older and first responders are now qualified for inoculation. However, appointments are quickly filling up and not all providers are offering the vaccine to the general public. Now, so far, Georgia has administered more than 200,000 COVID-19 vaccines since mid-December. State officials have said again and again it'll take some time before most people have access. Now, this comes as COVID-19-related hospitalizations and cases continue to increase in the state. Here are your numbers. At the time of this broadcast, 642,712 COVID-19 cases in total have now been confirmed here in Georgia. And 44,742 folks have been hospitalized. And of those, 7,744 considered ICU admissions. Now, the number of deaths, these have been recorded since last March. 10,299 Georgians have died due to the virus. This is according to the Georgia Department of Public Health. Meanwhile, as Georgia state lawmakers are once again gathering at the state's capital for the second day of the 2021 legislative session, the coronavirus pandemic is already a major focus. In a letter released just yesterday, the House Democratic Caucus COVID-19 subcommittee calls for a more, quote, aggressive response from state leadership. Now, the seven members say it's warranted because of increasing numbers of confirmed cases and due to the arrival of a more contagious version of the coronavirus. The letter calls on the governor to reissue a shelter-in-place order. They also want Governor Kemp to mandate masks in public, close schools to in-person learning, and stop evictions and utility disconnections for non-payment. The caucus points out test positivity rates are higher now than in last April, with rates among children more than doubling. This is Closer Look.
And Closer Look continues now here on 90.1 WABE, Atlanta's choice for NPR. As always, I'm Rose Scott. Five dead, hundreds in a mob of insurrectionists who followed the charge of Donald Trump to proceed to the Capitol. Now, when Donald Trump was speaking to those attending a rally in the White House last week, just as Congress was preparing to confirm President-elect Joe Biden's win, we all know what that led to. And of course, the aftermath, which is leading to an article of impeachment and a resolution calling on the vice president to invoke the 25th Amendment to the Constitution to remove President Trump. Well, joining me now to offer his thoughts is former Georgia Republican Congressman Lynn Westmoreland. He served in the House of Representatives from 2007 to 2016, representing several congressional districts. And Representative Westmoreland, good to talk to you. It's been some years. Thanks for taking the time. Well, Rose, thanks for having me. I appreciate you giving me an opportunity to be on. You know, now we're hearing and seeing additional details, as well as more video and surveillance footage. That's all now resurfacing regarding the violence and destructive and physical assaults that took place in Washington, D.C. You spent many hours in the Capitol. Your thoughts on what has taken place? Well, it had to be a, it had to be a scary moment for everybody in the Capitol. I mean, especially, you know, uh, when we were having previously some violence at the Capitol, and uh, the security came by, and we had a security meeting uh, in the office. And the interesting thing was, you know, we we couldn't carry firearms. You know, there were no firearms allowed mm-hmm. in the Capitol. And, you know, the security people are telling our receptionists and the staff, well, you know, throw a stapler at them or, you know, uh, use a chair to defend yourself. And, you know, those aren't, I think we saw after what happened that those aren't good practices to keep people safe inside the Capitol. So I hope that, you know, they will come up with some other type of uh, locking mechanisms for doors. Uh, they, they put in, uh, Rose, these doors. They closed in a lot of the, the entrances uh, from one hallway to another with these fireproof doors. In case something caught on fire, you know, they could shut it off and, and contain the fire. Those things should have been used to stop these crowds from roaming the halls. And I don't understand why that was not done. So I I think the whole security thing at the Capitol needs to be looked at. And, you know, why, why the folks got as far as they did is beyond me. And I'm I'm very disappointed uh, that the group did what they did, because I'd always been happy to say that the, MAGA protests or demonstrations or gatherings have never have really not gotten to that point of being violent and that uh, we were not going to, you know, break any windows or set any fires or, you know, have anybody get shot. So it was, it's really disappointing. It would be disappointing no matter who it was uh, for that to happen at the United States Capitol. Have you listened to either or all of Donald Trump's speech at that rally, Representative Westmoreland? You know, no, I haven't. I really haven't. In fact, I I have 
I didn't listen to the speech that day. I was out working outside, believe it or not. And, uh, and I, you know, like I said, I don't, I don't have high speed internet. So it's mm-hmm. hard for me to listen to anything down here, mm-hmm. but no, I haven't. I've heard excerpts of it, uh, from some of the news broadcasts. And I think, you know, I mean, he made a mistake. Uh, I don't know that you could say he gave specific orders to go down and, you know, break into the Capitol and storm it. Mm-hmm. The sad part, if if he had just not said, hey, you need to march down to the Capitol, uh, I don't think it would have happened. I think the protest would have stayed there. Let's do this. I want to play a part of the president's speech that many are calling a catalyst for the attack. Take a listen. Now it is up to Congress to confront this egregious assault on our democracy. And after this, we're going to walk down, and I'll be there with you. We're going to walk down. We're going to walk down anyone you want, but I think right here, we're going to walk down to the Capitol. And we're going to cheer on our brave senators and congressmen and women. And we're probably not going to be cheering so much for some of them. Because you'll never take back our country with weakness. You have to show strength and you have to be strong. Representative Westmoreland, from your viewpoint, you believe... Well, I I really don't... I mean, was it a mistake to tell them to march down to the Capitol if they were having a protest at the White House? Yes. Mm-hmm. And I, I think probably even the president right now would would admit to that. But as far as telling them to riot, I just don't hear that. He may not have used those words exactly. What's your response to people who say, listen, not just that clip, but there were so many other lies that were told to supporters by Donald Trump during that rally, which led to, let's be really clear, officers being beaten with flagpoles, breaking into the offices, destroying, defacing a building that I know you hold to be sacred and to be the example of what democracy is all about. You and I have had this conversation before years ago. Sure. So if the president didn't exactly say go down there and, and break into the Capitol, his words were a catalyst. Do you believe that, that his words were a catalyst for that? Well, I, you know, I, I think they were the I think he chose the, the wrong um, arena to, for the protest to be held uh, rather than the Capitol, since everybody was right there, I guess, at the White House or wherever he was at, that should have been, he should have had to rally and that should have been the end of it. But, you know, I remember, I think it was Madonna that said, you know, blow up the Capitol, you know, let's go blow it up. And other people said, you know, let's go uh, um, burn it down. I mean, there's been all different types of stuff about, you know, violence uh, happening at the Capitol. Now, fortunately, nobody took her up on that or took up any of the other things that some of these celebrities and 
other politicians, uh, you know, and <clears throat> I mean, when you had Maxine Waters telling people to follow people to dinner and go to their house and stuff, unfortunately, there was some violence associated with that. But I didn't, I don't remember anybody calling for her to be censured or mm-hmm. impeached or, or whatever. So it's not just Rose. That's the problem we've got. It's not just one side. And I think that has been, at least to the people I've talked to lately, I think that's been the one big point of frustration. You know, people are just, they see this thing from the media as being one-sided. And I think that doesn't change if you're talking to somebody that's more to the left that might be watching Fox News or somebody that's more to the right watching MSNBC or or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, with, with Hank Pence being on Twitter, to me that that's far worse than, you know, anything that the president has put on there as far as hanging somebody or, uh, you know, being physical with somebody. So look, I get it. I get it. I'm not, I'm not taking up for him. I'm just saying that to me, what he said did not incite the kind of violence that went on at the U S Capitol. Okay. So there's a lot to unpack there with what you just said. Let's go back because I want to be clear for our listeners. And you are referring to Madonna. I believe she was at the Women's March a few years ago. And I think she made reference to she has thought a lot about blowing up the White House. Clearly, we know that didn't happen. Yeah, White House. Yeah, I met As it relates to Congresswoman Maxine Waters and telling people to follow folks, no one should be harassed. No. No one should be beaten with flagpoles either. And for a group of supporters that have supported, you know, back the blue, these are the same folks that have been talking about back the blue, majority of the same folks who have had criticisms of Black Lives Matter saying they're anti-police, which I've talked to the founders of Black Lives Matter. They are not anti-police. They are anti-violence against black people at the hands of some officers. But nobody stormed the Capitol. Representative Westmoreland, you what? you were part of making laws. You were part of our government body in that Capitol. You know the process. Regardless of who does it, a mob of people attacking the Capitol, breaking in, beating officers, coming in with zip ties mm-hmm. to do who knows what. Mm. But it goes beyond, for some, they would say it goes beyond Donald Trump's rally just an hour before. Is it fair? Are you willing to admit, if you can, that there is some responsibility that lies with the Republican Party for enabling not only his behavior, but even his questionable and sometimes legally proven unconstitutional governance as commander in chief? So it's not just what happened last week, but in these past four years. Are you willing to admit that the Republican Party has enabled him in, in his behavior? No, I, you know, Rose, I, I can't. Um, you know, you talked about Black, Black Lives Matter, and, mm-hmm. you know, back the blue and stuff. But I remember seeing a march where 
the Black Lives Matter were saying pigs in a blanket, cook them like bacon or whatever. Was it Black Lives uh, Matter, the organization, or was it a rally that was in support of just black lives? Because there's a difference there. I, you know, well, I, to, the way I remembered it was the Black Lives Matter. But mm-hmm. it's the same. I mean, Rose, it's the same thing. I mean. But no officer has been killed due to a Black Lives Matter rally, Representative Westmoreland. You and I have had well, so many no, good conversations. No, 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 no. no. I, I'm, not, I'm not saying they have. You just said they were pro-police. No, 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 no. Let me back up. Let me be really clear. I did not say they were pro-police. I said in my conversations with the founders, they are anti-violence against black people by certain law officers. They're not, from what I was mm-hmm. told. Yeah. And I've asked well, them specifically, are you anti-police? And they said, no, we are anti any violence against people of color at the hands, excessive force, unnecessary force at the hands of law enforcement. But the question is, again, do you know of anyone who has lost their life due to the actions of a Black Lives Matter protest or rally or supporters at the urgence you know, of them? I, yeah, well, I have not, uh, I, I don't, I haven't been keeping up with it, but I do know of one uh, retired police officer that was working security. Uh, in St. Louis, Missouri. In, in St. Louis, Missouri, that was killed by these protesters. And if I remember correctly, he was African-American, and I'm not sure what they were protesting over, but I never heard anybody from Black Lives Matter come out and say, quit burning, you know, quit breaking windows, quit destroying people's livelihood. I, I didn't hear any of that from that leadership. Did you? Now, to my knowledge, there was, a, I think, a break in at a thrift store or some type of shop. The people that did that were not protesters. They saw an opportunity. This is what's being reported. But this was not a Black Lives Matter individual. This was someone or persons who took upon themselves to use this opportunity, thinking maybe there was no security there, to break into to a pawn shop. Yeah, it was a pawn shop. Right. That's right. It was. I do remember so that. So there now. is a was, difference there. It was a pawn shop. And there was outrage, period, because this was a very beloved retired police officer who lost his life. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But it was not under the urgence of Black Lives Matter to that person to go break into that pawn shop and kill this retired police officer. There is a difference there, Representative well, Westmoreland. Well, Let's be well, fair. You and I are having this conversation. We always no, have good no, conversations. No, no, I, yeah. So I want to be fair. No, listen, I'm trying. I am. I'm trying to be fair. And uh, but, you know, there's a difference. To me, in or, or or there's a thin line in actually asking somebody to go protest or do violence, and I don't think Black Lives Matter took this individual and said, or I don't think anybody that was probably leading that protest said, "Look, I want you to go in that pawn shop and I want you to kill that retired police officer." I, I don't I don't think that was at all. Mm-hmm. But by not coming out and saying that was wrong, I mean, 
you know, they had the, 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 they've had all the marches and demonstrations over, uh, uh, George Floyd and, uh, some of the other young blacks that, uh, were, were killed by police officers. But when this gentleman was killed, there was no protest. You know, they should have protested the protester. And I just didn't see that. And I think Rose, that, I think that is what's happening. I think you and I today are trying to be fair and really discuss these issues in a way that they need to be discussed. And I don't, I don't think our leadership is doing that on either side. Okay. Let's go back. You may have a valid point. Let's go back though, because you have served with some of these veteran Republican lawmakers who are still there, the Lindsey Grahams, the Mitch McConnells, um, regardless of what side, even the, the Chuck Grassley's, Maxine Waters, all of these folks who have been there for a long time. But as it relates to the Republican Party, Representative Westmoreland, you don't believe there's any responsibility mm-hmm. that lies with your party throughout these last four years in enabling and not all Republicans, uh, no. President Trump's behavior, not just in the words, but even in, again, and I want to be very clear as I state my question, but even in his, which was been legally proven, unconstitutional governance as commander in chief, for example, the executive orders now, on immigration, well, prime example, when something well, is wrong, you, uncon- well, the courts did, and you look. Whether it's Democrat or Republican, you know when someone's actions are wrong. You've always talked about what drives you as a Georgian. You grew up right here in Atlanta. You went to Thorough High School. You've always talked mm-hmm. about what drives you as a, a son of the South and your faith. When something is wrong, you speak out against sure. it, correct? No, look, I, no, absolutely. But, Rose, listen, I look at... I look at some of the accomplishments that I, I don't know that Joe Biden or uh, uh, Kamala Harris or Kamala Harris. any of them could have Kamala Harris could have got that vaccine done as quick as President Trump did, and some of that is because of his personality in being so persistent with these companies to rush that through that's his personality but does that and excuse but is, does that excuse his behavior well what behavior are you talking about first of all Tell the, me what behavior. The, the baseless and the baseless claims of voter fraud rigging the election and yet many republicans again some that you served with in Washington, supported these claims knowing that they were not true, which also led to fellow Republicans being targeted, harassed, death threats, folks showing up at their house. Mm-hmm. Well, listen, those allegations are out there, and this is what I have said. I've said it publicly. Uh, I've said it privately. I've said it to any of my friends that have called me and Ask me about this. Where's the proof? 
Do mm-hmm. all the does any of the circumstantial stuff look uh, suspicious? Absolutely. Do do any of the uh, uh, the the totals and how they changed and what was going on does that look suspicious? Absolutely. Now, who told you to this? Me. But do what now? So someone said this to you, or uh, this is what you, those people who believe that? No, said no, no. To you. This is this is what no. This is what I'm telling you that people are calling me saying, well, what about you know, uh, you know, people taking votes out from under a table and. You know, the Republicans were asked to leave. And what do you think about, uh, you know, 50,000 voters that are dead voting in Pennsylvania? And I, I don't know the specifics. I'm just saying all the things that were going on, people calling me and asking me about. And my whole point has been, where's the proof? Mm-hmm. Show yeah. me the proof. And I think that's where we have failed mm-hmm. in the fact that there has not been there's been circumstantial evidence but there's been no DNA I guess you could say that's been provided show me these ballots mm-hmm. and show me how many it was and, and, and bring the ballots in of the people that you say were dead and and, and still voted or were over the age of 110 and voted. I hear all these things. And if they were true, would that not be suspicious to you? But it's not if true. If they were true? But it's not true and there's well, no evidence we, to support it. I, well, no, bro, I'm not, say, I'm not yeah. saying it. I got I'm you. I'm not saying I it's hear you. true. I'm just saying if you heard that, would that be suspicious to you? Let me ask you if this. If you heard that. Let me ask you okay. this. No, you're not going. I'm answering you. <laughs> Representative Westmoreland, there has been no evidence by Republican leaders in the states who who had the elections process. There has been no proof. Well, how about that, that there has been Russian? How about proof of Russian conspiracy in the 2016 election. Well, depending on who you... the Democrats charge that the Russians uh, fixed the 2016, and we have looked at that for four years, where's the proof there? Do There's you no need, proof there. Let me ask you this. You don't need proof to know what happened last week at the Capitol, right? Because you see that. If we're no, going, no, if we're, we're just talking if, about but, you're talking about. Right. But if we're going to deal in the, facts, the, let's deal in facts, because I think this is this is what folks on both sides struggle with. Let's deal with facts. The fact is. Yeah. There was I a vi- <laughs> I know there was a violent mob <laughs> that attacked the Capitol. Five people are dead as mm. a result of all of those actions. Officers I, I trying to do their job. Say, I, I don't think you can say that there was a violent mob. I think you can say well, that what would there you call was it? a group. I think you could say that there was a group of those protesters that did not have the best interest of President Trump 
or this country in their mind to go in and do what they did at the U.S. Capitol. And I hope those people go to jail and sit in jail for a long, long, long time. Does the Republican— their goal— if their goal was to go in there and prove something, the only thing they prove is that they are idiots. That's the only thing they prove. Well, I don't think their goal was to idiots. go in there and to find some proof that the election was stolen. I don't think that that was their goal. But let me I ask you this. It, I, I don't <laughs> think it was either. I Does, do not think that they went in there to do that. I have no idea why they went in there i mean it even if you were an innocent even if you were just standing there and your mouth was open going oh my god i can't believe these idiots are breaking windows i can't believe that they're busting down the door oh my god i can't believe that and rather than trying to do something maybe some of them did try to stop them i don't know but rather than doing that, once the doors got open and once the windows got broken, they walked in. Let me ask that you this. Stupid. We'll take a break and we come back. Our conversation will continue with former Republican Congressman Lynn Westmoreland. Support for WABE comes from the Community Foundation for Greater Atlanta. If you love Atlanta, you can invest in the big picture. Learn more at cfgreateratlanta.org. The field of mental health counseling is growing rapidly, and Richmond Graduate University can equip you with everything you need as a licensed professional counselor while integrating your faith into your clinical practice. Programs are offered in Atlanta, Chattanooga, and online. Apply today at richmont.edu. That's R-I-C-H-M-O-N-T dot E-D-U. And Closer Look continues now here on 90.1 WABE, Atlanta's Choice for NPR. I'm Rose Scott. We pick up now a conversation with former Republican Congressman Lynn Westmoreland. Let me ask you this. Does the Republican Party owe this nation an apology? No. No, we don't. Does anyone owe owe this nation an apology for the actions of what happened last week at the Capitol? Who's accountable? I think the people that were there. I think the people there are accountable. The people that were there are accountable. And some of the people that were there that didn't stop it should say, hey, I'm I'm sorry. And you got videos of Capitol Police. The one now I don't look, I, I don't watch that much news, but mm-hmm. the video I saw the Capitol Police kind of waving the people through the hall. That is true. And and so I mean, you know, is, is are they going to apologize? Well, they're no, look, they, the well, they are going to be party, held accountable. Uh, that, that's for sure. Well, I, I, well, I hope they are. They are going to be held accountable. And, that's know, for sure. I, I, I don't, I don't know what their thoughts were. Maybe they thought that if they herded everybody through, that you know, I mean, they could, you know, they were just going to go out the back door. I don't know, but no, the. the People should be held accountable that were there 
doing that action. As we read, and up. I don't. If you're going, if if you're going to hold people accountable for or uh, for even telling uh, or insinuating that somebody should go do violence, then I think you'd have to go back and look at all the other people that have put things out insinuating violence. People didn't carry out on it. They could have. We don't, we don't know. Uh, there's been several people arrested for jumping the fence at the, uh, you know, at the white house or trying to, trying to break a, uh, get entry into some building. So, I mean, look, you can't, I, if he had said, if the president had said, look, we're going to go over to the Capitol and we're going to go in there and get these representatives by the neck and we're going to go in their office and we're going to do this and we're going to do that. Then yes, I get it. But saying I'm going to march with you down to the Capitol and we have to be strong, having to be strong, you know, that, you know, I, I, I tell my kids all the time, you have to be strong in your beliefs. I don't expect them to go out and, you know, hurt somebody that doesn't believe like they do. I think we all need to be strong in our beliefs. You're, Rose, you're strong in your belief, and I'm strong in my belief. And I, like I said, I tell young people in high schools every day, be strong in your belief. But I'm in no way insinuating that they go out and hurt somebody that doesn't believe like they do. Representative Westmoreland, if you were a city member of Congress right now, what would be your suggestion on how the entire body moves forward? Well, I I think that what what is the old uh, 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 is it a fig leaf or an olive leaf? What is it an olive leaf or olive branch? Olive or, branch extending or, the olive branch. Olive branch extending the olive branch. Somebody needs to find an olive branch. Uh, Republican, Democrat, or whoever, we need we need the the capital be flooded with olive branches right now, and they need to understand that they are not the enemy. And hopefully, I, I wish I really wish, and this is just me personally, and it would make me really feel different about the leadership capabilities of uh, President-elect Biden, if he would tell the speaker, speaker, this this impeachment is nonsense. It's nonsense. And that would, that would give me some hope that he is going to be that leader he says that he's going to be. Then what should the Republicans but say? People put... Well, I mean, the Republicans should say, look, you know, we what what you want us what what does Nancy Pelosi want the Republicans to do? There's never been any type of positive that I know of. Any type of positive um, offer that has ever been given from Pelosi. 
what I said, would, I'm aware of and what I, would you I want the Republicans there. to do? We've talked about what you think the Democrats well, should do, but what should the Republicans do? That is your party. If you don't want them to acknowledge well, Donald Trump's behavior as wrong, if you don't want if you don't mm-hmm. think they owe the nation an apology, they do have some accountability in all of this regardless if it's last week or all these or moving forward since you want to move forward and extend the olive branch and making peace and mm-hmm. bringing conflict to a conclusion and all that what should the republican party do well you, you rose it's hard to explain it's really hard to explain but why is in, it hard to explain what they should do but you don't have any problem explaining well, well, no, what the no, speaker pelosi no, should do I, come I, on now no, listen, now, no, this is hard to explain. When you are in the majority in Congress, if you've got 218 votes, you can do anything you want to do. Or if you've got a majority, you can do anything you want to do. If you're in the minority, you have very little power in the U.S. House. The Senate's a little different. They they do some things a little differently. So in the House, it's hard for McCarthy to offer anything to the majority. I mean, I'm just being, I mean, I'm just telling you, that's the way it works. Now, in the Senate, I think you're going to see Mitch McConnell and Schumer and Biden work together over there. And I think you'll see McConnell put out some olive branches, if you will. It's hard. It's just hard when you're in a minority in such a divided house. For, I mean, what's the Republicans going to do? Just lay down in the aisle? I mean, there's nothing they really have to offer. And I, I can't explain it any other way. But that's the, that's the way it was the whole 12 years I was up there. When we were in the majority, we passed bills, you know, you know, with 218, 20, whatever it was. And now that the Democrats in charge, they're going to put forth their agenda. And it's, you know, as divided as that body is. And, and Nancy Pelosi you know, she's a pretty divisive individual. Well, she's not uh, the only one, a Representative Westmoreland. I think uh, I no, think the no, argument I, can be no, made I'm, on I'm both not, sides, but as we... No, look, yeah, I, I, let, no, 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 I'm not. I'm let's not. be fair. But she's the speaker. She's the I'm trying to be fair. She no, you're not. You're not trying to be fair. <laughs> you're, you're being what I expected speaker. you to be, which is... That's fine. Be you. <laughs> Come on now, be you. I'm not, I'm, no, I am being me. And but she's the speaker. She's the speaker. Mo Brooks is not the speaker. Uh, you know, and uh, some of these other guys aren't the speaker. She's the speaker. And it's just like you're talking about, you know, the president and his responsibility. She is the leader of that house. And so to me, she should be the one to put out the olive branch. And the president, I think, for him and his personality, by admitting to um, uh, Kevin McCarthy, the minority leader, 
that he shouldn't have said what he said, or I can't, I don't know exactly what it was, but it, it was the most of an apology I've ever heard out of the president. Uh, then to me, that is an olive branch that he's putting out. I mean, for Donald Trump to admit that he may have been wrong on something, that, that's, that's almost an olive tree, if not a branch. And so, I mean, when you're the speaker, to me, you have a different responsibility. You're the speaker of the whole house, not just your Democratic members. I'm here, Representative Westmoreland. You know <laughs> <Okay>. I'm here. <laughs> you know, I started. I'm I'm old enough to know that I started following politics when Tip O'Neill was speaker. And and oh yeah, you know. And, well, you know, his granddaughter used to work for. Uh, Speaker Pelosi. Mm-hmm. Did you know that? I did know that. Yeah. Where does this she, nation go from here? Girl. Stop saying girl. Well, uh, hopefully. Young woman. Hopefully. this, Ma'am. Say young woman. Don't say girl. You know better than that. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Well, hey, like you said, I'm the son of the South. <laughs> um, <laughs> the, uh, where we should... I think where we should go from here is that we all need to um, have a time out. That is true. Um, <laughs> I agree with you on that. Uh, okay. Well, we do. We, we need to have a time out. And hopefully, hopefully, this inauguration will go very smoothly. And hopefully, Joe Biden, uh, President Biden, will be able to let everybody take a break. Mm-hmm. And if I, if, if I were him, I would probably, you know, rather than just doing a bunch of stuff on the first day, like a lot of presidents do, and I'm sure Trump did executive orders on his first day, and I, I know that President Obama did some executive orders on his first day, and and that's real symbolic, but why not wait a week? You know, why why not wait ten days to to do some of these things and and give everybody a little bit of um, cooling off? And mm-hmm. you know, and, and I think I think that you know, Speaker Pelosi, uh, Leader McCarthy should uh, you know get with the conferences and say, you know what, you know, we, we've been fighting this uh, and we're fighting it and, you know, we're, we're going to take a break. Uh, we're going to take a week off or whatever the case may be and just say, you know, we, we need to think about not where we've been, not all the things that's happened, but where we want this country to be in the future. Now, all of, you know, all those ideas aren't going to be the same, mm-hmm. but at least they, I, I think people just need time to think. You can't think good in chaos. Former Georgia Republican Congressman Lynn Westmoreland serving in the House from 2007 to 2016. 
As always, good to talk to you. Oh, 2005. Oh, I, I stand corrected. See? That, let me do it again. <laughs> See? Bad facts. Bad facts. <laughs> That's on your own page. I should have you know. You better get to your biographer. I better. I yeah. Better. Hey, talking about me. <laughs> Former Georgia Republican Congressman Lynn Westmoreland serving in the House of Representatives 2005 to 2016. Thank you so much for taking the time. Hope you're doing well in the family. Well, thank you, Rose. I do the same for you. And thanks for having me. All I've right. enjoyed it. I know you have. <laughs> I hope you have. This is my job. I hope the I hope the viewers will enjoy it. You be safe out there, okay? Wear your mask. All right. I, I will. Thank you, Rose. Take care now. And that is it for this edition of Closer Look. Our producers are Grace Walker and LaShawn Hudson. Our engineer is Shelly Canavy. And if you missed any of today's conversations and segments, you can find the entire program online at wabe.org slash Closer Look. And of course, always on demand, just subscribe to Closer Look with Rose Scott, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Stay tuned to 90.1 WABE, Atlanta's choice for NPR. I'm Rose Scott. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Local, state, national politics. WABE and NPR have the coverage you need. I'm Jim Burris, host of WABE's All Things Considered. Whether it's on the air at 90.1, streaming online, or connecting through our mobile app, WABE keeps you on top of election 2024 in what's sure to be a pivotal year in politics. And for candidates and ballot information, visit our election hub at wabe.org election 2024.